So do you know what uh, what date it is? Uh, is it something like the 15th? You've forgotten what yesterday was, haven't you? Well, it was, it was Thursday, which is a bit weird. No, Thursday, no, Thursday the 14th? Yeah. Well, it's our anniversary. Is it? 14th of October 2016 was the first podcast. It's our five-year anniversary, and I can't believe you've forgotten. Oh, well, yay. Happy anniversary, us. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. No flowers, not a card, nothing. Are you seeing another podcast? <laughs> I just don't know where this relationship is going anymore. <laughs> we could intentionally uncouple if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do that for five years. Not working. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 173, fifth anniversary. Fifth anniversary, that's incredible. How did that sneak up? <laughs> fifth anniversary of the Midfaith Crisis podcast. Uh, my name is still, five years later, Nick Page, and I'm still looking at the face of Joe Davis. I can only apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how absolutely incredible that is. Isn't exactly it? four years and nine months longer than it should be. And in yeah. the tradition of all good <laughs> Baptist churches, we're running this thing into the ground till it absolutely <laughs> falls apart. And even then we will resentfully stop it. <laughs> Listen, I want to talk about the podcast in a bit. But uh, firstly, I want to make it absolutely clear this is too early to be recording a podcast. <laughs> it really isn't. The day is half done. I've been to the beach. 8.43. What kind of time is that to get going? <laughs> Have you not bid the seagulls hello yet where you live? Um, well, we get gulls sitting on the roofs opposite, black-headed gulls. But uh, no, I don't tend to bid them hello. Well, I've been down the beach, saw a little guillemot. That's quite an unusual thing in Worthing, just ducking and diving yeah. in the sea. So yeah, that was That's nice. Right. Oh yeah, it's there. Very good. <laughs> anyway, how are you, dear boy? I've missed you. It's been too long. Well, you know, you, you, that, that's your opinion. Uh, I think I'm, I've been ill. I've been ill. Have you? Here's the thing. What? Yeah, I've had a cold. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. But it was that quite good ill, you know, where you're, you're too ill to do anything but not so ill that it's actually deeply painful or, you know. <laughs> Good ill. Life-threatening. <laughs> I should use that phrase, yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing you can do except, you know, lie on the sofa and veg, really. It was quite nice, really. But, it, but yeah, it was a big head cold. That's all, nothing serious, well, but it's no, still lingering on, so I apologise for my voice. You didn't have to be hospitalised uh, this time. No, no, not this time. Good news, though. Yes. We are... The twelfth most listened to Christian podcast in Japan. What? Five Number years 12. in, and yeah. that is the dizzying heights. I know. <laughs> I have to say, the news is not so good from Namibia. Really? Yeah, we're one hundred and thirty-two there. <laughs> it's not going well. Yeah, but I imagine in Namibia there's a lot more Christian podcasts. So there probably are. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Yeah. Know. 
Yeah. yeah. I, th- I mean, I've always wanted to be big in Japan. Uh, if you're listening I in know. Japan, please get in touch. I'd be very, you know, because they have really exactly. good stationery and pen shops there, so you could send me some stuff. <laughs> and now to the real reason. Uh, We'd love to hear yeah. from you. Joe at midfaithcrisis.org, please. Send yes. us an email from Japan. Um, that would be a treat. What else? Well, I've been to the theatre and uh, saw a good play called uh, Charlie and Stan, or Stan and Charlie, about Charlie Chapman and Stan Lowell. Yeah. It's very good. And then I'm reading a great book. Just finished reading it this morning. All right. A really good book called 4,000 Weeks by a guy called Oliver Berkman. Right. Okay. And uh, you'll be interested in this because 4,000 Weeks is... Do you know what that is? Oh, well, I'm going gonna, gonna to hazard a wild guess. Is that how many weeks we've got on this? Yeah, so Earth. if you if you live till eighty, yeah, you've basically got four thousand weeks. Okay, which is not much when you think no. about it. Um, you know, it's it's not a great deal, but the book is brilliant because what it's what it's talking about is is it's saying in in that case, you know, you could you could I thought it would go in and say, well, you got four thousand weeks, so here's how to get everything done within those four. Mm. You know, here's how blah blah blah. Mm. In fact, he takes the absolute opposite approach. And he says, you've, got, you've only got 4,000 weeks. You're never going to get everything done. So forget time management because it just doesn't work. Really. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we yeah. beat ourselves up because we're never going to get yeah. to these certain states. So it's it's really interesting take. I, I guess I'll be talking about it a bit more in forthcoming weeks. But I, I really love the book. I recommend it a lot. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's talking about finitude, basically. It's about the fact that we're all going to... This is what we got. There's no dress rehearsal. This is what you got. What are you going to do with it? It's very good. Great. Good. Very good. Well, I, I read a book. Well, first of all, I had a book read to me on holiday, which was great. Rachel read to me, uh, which was The Man Who Died Twice, Richard Osman's second instalment. Oh, right. She really month. is your carer, isn't she? she? Do you know what? It was wonderful. So, you know, the morning started with a bit of the book, day finished with a bit of the book, and then we That's would lovely. go, we would walk out in the woods, find a little bench in the middle of nowhere or a tree stump, and we'd read a bit more of the book. So that, and she'd that read was, it, and she'd read it to you. She read it to me. Yeah. And is she is she feeding you as well at this stage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Changing you she, after she's put my bib on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here comes the aeroplane. No, <laughs> that's a lovely thing. That's a no, lovely it is. Thing. It's wonderful. And I read mm-hmm. a book by a chap called Matt Hyman, who I'm hoping will be a guest on the show shortly. Okay. Uh, who's written a very mid-faith crisis-y uh, book. So that was uh, very exciting and, mm. and, yeah, dipped into one or two other bits. I mean, The Forest of Dean, Nick. Let's talk about The Forest of Dean. What a wonderful place. How come I didn't know it existed ever? Um, it's kind of hidden away, isn't it? It's kind uh, of tucked it's, away. It's fabulous. So we went to Puzzlewood, where they filmed Harry Potter and, you know, Star right. Wars. and it's Just this most enchanted forest there and... There was a sculpture trail. On the sculpture trail. So mm. you're walking through this ancient woodland. Um, and then there's this huge stained glass window hung up in the forest. I mean, how yeah. magnificent is that? Oh, I, gosh. I just... It must have been yeah. a moment for well, you. Well, I had a very big moment there. Did you? Did Rachel have to clean that up as well? <laughs> yes, did <laughs> after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we obligatory had to go around churches. Now you've, you know, corrupted Rachel. So. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. We did, we did go around Hereford Cathedral, which I thought was genuinely spectacular. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes, mm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then that and was Forrester Dean is interesting. It, it's got a sort of reputation, I think, in 
around because it's not far from from us. Mm. Thanks for popping in. Appreciated it. Yeah, uh, you say it's not far. You didn't. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it's got a, it's got a reputation as a slightly weird place. You know, oh. it's like this sort of hippie and Is you it? know. Well, that's yeah, probably why I yeah. loved it. That's probably why you felt at home, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it felt right at home. And there was nature. We saw wild boar. We, oh, it's, there you? were owls. Some very loud, tawny owls outside mm. where we were staying all the time. So that's, Great. Good. Yes, lovely. All good. And lots of musings about, you know, getting older and using my power for good and all that. Mm. All that stuff okay. that you do on holiday. Yeah, mm. good. Mm. Anyway. Listen, as it's our fifth anniversary... Yes. It might be good just to talk about a little bit about the podcast. We should. Or, you know, <laughs> even though I didn't realise it was, but yes. No, even though, even though there's no card, present chocolates or anything like that, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it would be time just, it would be nice just to say thank you. Yes, I, well, I completely agree. Because uh, really, who who thought... It would still be going, and and every week we get such encouraging emails. Uh, we do, you know, people are so kind about it, and particularly, I guess, thank you for the people who support the podcast. Um, you know, one of the big changes I think over the yeah. five years has been people who give, to, yes, to the podcast. Um, yes, I mean, obviously, everybody, we're grateful for every listener. That's that's fantastic. Anyone who recommends mm. it, that's brilliant. But you know, the best way to support us in a way is to is is to. Um, you know, to give, you can do that on the website. Yeah. And we're really grateful. We're really grateful because it means you can put more time into it, really. Effectively. Yes, exactly right. Um, thank Yeah, no, I, you've said it extremely well. Thank you so much. And also, uh, you, you know, I think people sort of drift in and out. I have no, I genuinely don't know. We always joke about there being 17 listeners. I have no idea. I don't have any particular interest in how many listeners there are. But some some people are giving, some people have stopped giving, new people, you know, and we just say, you know, price of a cup of coffee a month or a week, you know, whatever, uh, is, is, so, is so helpful. And, uh, yeah, work is quiet at the moment, so it's very helpful. <laughs> And we've and we've got no pensions, as we've rehearsed. So, you know. <laughs> Do you know, I genuinely don't have much work on, but the work I have is extremely demanding at the moment. So mm. I'll say no more about it. Maybe okay. we will talk about it one day. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, listener. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, all 17 of you. To be still doing it and still enjoying it and, um, mm. you know, it is, is more than I imagined, more than I expected. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, we hope it's still hitting a spot for people. So that's great. So shall we get on with some feedback, I guess? Yes, I think we should. Um, first of all, I want to say a big thanks to Dave for sending in his rewrite of Job, uh, where the character oh, well. Job was played by an American TV evangelist. Very funny. Uh, like that a lot, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. And um, and then Roz uh, wrote in and says, Hi, Joe, Nick. Listening to the discussion last week about Genesis is oh, easy for me to say about Genesis and science. It's too early for me to have put my teeth in, you see. Yeah, you see, I told you you shouldn't do that this <laughs> yeah, early. Nice. She says, I was reminded of when I used to wrestle with this many years ago as an evolutionary biologist. I have no problem with evolution, never had. 
but I used to get tied up in knots thinking how it could be reconciled with the Bible. I prayed about it. The next time I picked up my Bible, the first 11 chapters were completely missing and the next few <laughs> covered in scribble. Clearly my two-year-old had enjoyed the feel of the rice paper pages. I laughed and laughed and decided to take this as an answer to prayer, i.e. don't worry about it. I never did find those pages and I've never worried about it since either. Uh, thought you and Ulysses might enjoy the story. <laughs> so that's from Boz. Well, it's... It's one approach, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I you know, entirely recommend ripping out the bits of the Bible that you don't agree with, but I suppose effectively <laughs> people do that by not reading them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a more literal thing of what we do metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. certainly make for a lighter Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, I suppose there's a challenge, isn't it? We could throw that out. Which bits of the Bible would you rip out if you felt the liberty to do so? Mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm not recommending it, though. No, quite. Okay, so uh, on to Phil. Uh, it says, uh, a few comments on Genesis on the subject of cancer being intimately connected to God, um, as is the whole of creation. A friend suggested that creation is in the process from chaos in Genesis to perfection in Revelation. So maybe the not so nice bits of today are places where we can cooperate with God in the creation story from chaos to perfection. That's a very interesting idea, isn't it? The yeah. idea that, that um, creation itself is on a sort of journey to salvation. It's like it's it's bit very biblical actually. Yeah. But it's probably not something we we really think about a lot, I think. Um, yeah. You know what I like about this? I like the idea that you know suffering and pain and stuff isn't the result of man's sin. Do you know what I mean, which was the more literalistic view of the past, but that actually there's a kind of there's a process involved to a goal that we're heading towards, um, mm. and I and I, and I like that. That resonates a bit better, I think. So, mm. yeah, great. Okay, uh, yeah. he goes on. Uh, we have redacted his email a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, so apologies, Phil. But there you go. It was quite long. Uh, he says, finally, with respect to life faith stages, I think McLaren does suggest that there is a correlation between the two, but maybe a difference is that in the West we more readily accept that maturing process in life but have failed to recognise that this should or ought to happen in faith too. So we're completely taken by surprise when it happens, hence the crisis. He says, maybe if we accepted taught and talked about this more openly in church contexts, there would be faith communities that held and helped people in all the stages, just like our social communities hold and help children, adolescents, young adults and families, midlife adults and elders. He says, I could go on, but I think I should stop. Blessings, Phil. Yeah, good point. I think it's a very interesting point. I mean, I think, I think it's a societal thing as well because I think that we we're sort of given in our society to think that problems and crises shouldn't happen that they're basically wrong. Yes. You know, they're 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 they're, they're unfortunate events or whatever. Mm. Um, and I think that's a very unusual. Um, looking at history, I think it's a very unusual perspective because most of history. Mm human beings have expected things to go wrong because yeah. they often did. Yeah. Uh, so in our society, what I've noticed the past few weeks, like when you were on holiday, you know, the, the panic buying over petrol and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, where, of you know, that all happened. happened, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, you go into, you know, the co-op or whatever in my village and the, the shelves, are, some shelves are empty. And it's almost like this is wrong. We shouldn't expect this. But actually it's the norm for a whole load of people. Yeah. You know, that's we've been fed, I think, false promises in the first place. And I think we get fed them uh, in Christian terms as well. We get yes, fed absolutely. the idea that 
once you accept Jesus... Life's one big party. And salvation, your salvation yeah. button is on. Yeah, it's switched that's on. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and you and and you're done. And so therefore, there is no progress. There's not going to be progress. How could there be progress? Because yeah. you're saved. You're saved. That's it. Yeah. No. Good. Very. Yeah. That's so, a great metaphor. Thank you. So yeah. I sort of wonder if if we viewed salvation more as we've often talked about in this podcast as a as a mm. journey, which is not to say you're not saved, but but it's kind of that Christian idea that you are saved and you're being saved. Yeah. Like you're in the kingdom of God and you're always moving further into the kingdom of God. Um, you know, the idea of movement and travel, and that's yeah. going to entail some problems. So so I think that's one of the reasons it feels right, is that we don't get taught it because the idea is that, you yeah. know, problem solved. Yeah, uh, maybe a big part of salvation is it teaching you how to handle suffering and difficulty and crises. You know, maybe that is what absolutely. salvation means rather than the absence of all those things, uh, which which we would rather think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, and I think that's true. Certainly, a lot of my work with uh, persecuted churches, they're not expecting an easy ride; they're expecting no. crises. Um, you know, that's going to happen. I think we've been sort of sucked into it, or maybe maybe the other thing I was thinking about is it's about it's like going on holiday where you pack for holiday and you take absolutely everything. Yeah, you know. When you first go yeah. to, as you travel yeah. more, you learn you can get rid of excess baggage. You don't have to yeah, take so sure. much. Yes, but but early on, you get absolutely everything. You know, you get, you just you <laughs> carry so it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think quite a lot of it is is you know you get rid of excess baggage, but yeah. um, you know you're told you're told to, yeah. you you shouldn't. You have to keep this stuff. Yeah, really. Well, you think you do. Anyway. So, so maybe maybe that means as people of faith, you know, we we really learn how to mourn things. We learn how to, you know, be angry at injustice and sad at sadness, and but also celebrate with joy as well. And that's tended to be the only thing we've emphasised before now. But now it reminds me of that Native American story, which is very long, so I won't tell it. But I, I think I may have hinted at this before many years ago, perhaps in year one. You know where uh, the the guy in the in the village. Uh, I think first of all his horses all die, escape, and he's got no horses. And the people of the village mm. come to him and go, "What a terrible thing that is!" And he goes, "Maybe." And then and then a wild horse comes in, and his son tames the horse, and the people of the village come to him and go, "What a wonderful thing!" And he says, and "He says maybe." And then uh, and then the horse, as he's being tamed by his son, throws him off and breaks both his son's legs. And now he's got to do everything himself. And the people of the village come to him and say, what a terrible thing has happened. And he goes, maybe. And then the uh, the king's army come and take all the young men from the village, except his, because his legs were broken. And um, and the people of the village come to him and go, what an incredible thing. You know, your son's still with you. He's He's been spared. And he says, maybe. And this story goes on forever. Mm. But the point is that, there, you know, there's all these waves of joy and blessing and curse and, you know, the rhythms of life go mm. through. And you're either going to be chucked about by all of it or you're going to retain a simple sense of balance. And my, what I took from that story is that actually faith in the, in the kingdom of God gives you a, a groundedness. It centres your core around a faith that actually in the end it's all going to be all right you know yeah. so i haven't 
I haven't got to stress, and perhaps even haven't got to overemphasize the joy. Everything doesn't have to be the best thing in the world, you know. It, it's okay for it just to be okay and good, and it's okay for the bad things to just be well a bit miserable. You know, it's a bit like good illness, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't you haven't necessarily got to overreact to all of life. Now I know that's very simple for me to say because. You know, I'm not going through huge suffering at the moment, but but I do think there's a groundedness, and I think there's some wisdom in that. In that, story. yeah, I, I mean, very much this. The book I talked about earlier, the Four Thousand mm. Weeks, talks about this kind of thing about accepting that there isn't a best option. Sometimes there isn't like there isn't mm. a better product that's going to come along and replace. You know, we're yeah. told this. We're told that you know somehow you're going to get the best thing, and yeah. mostly you don't. You just yeah. get normal life. And what you have to do is accept that is good. That's fine. That's that's okay. Um, you know, I I know how much of my life is tried. To, I spend trying to insulate myself from from problems. Mm. Yeah, and you can't, and nor should you really. Yeah, and I'm trying to sort of live a bit more like that. Really, to yeah. say what well, they're going to they're going to come along. Well, and yeah. I think if you do live like that, what you do is you stop wishing life away. And when you've only exactly. got four thousand weeks, you. you Best not to. <laughs> That's exactly what the book is about. Maybe I should try and get hold of this yeah. guy. Maybe I could talk to him. Yeah, that would be great. And of course, you know, I'm realising, especially with the job that I do, that uh, so many people don't get anything like 4,000 weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So moving on. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Charmaine says this. Okay. So this is quite, this is quite a long one, but go with it because it's great. She says, hi, I'm currently catching up on your podcast and today just hit 150. I've listened to almost six months of the podcast in six months. Just hoping I can fast track this MFC thing. Uh, and she says, just wanted to respond to the conversation on words and what we call God affecting our actions and behaviour. I'm intrigued. I would started to try to move away from God and Lord because it kind of becomes meaningless. Just a name like Bob or John or Barbara. I've started playing with words to try to better express who I believe God to be. It's been an edifying process and I'm enjoying my personal prayers, humbly trying out some new names with Lady Grace and the friend of broken and lost souls, the eternally faithful lover of my soul, our loving creator. Although none come close to my father, which to me is a term of endearment. I remember decades ago I read a joke which went something like, two things you don't know about God, she's black. <laughs> I remember thinking, ooh, that's slightly shocking, but in a very good way. Anyway, I also thought I could try to think of some more useful language for the kingdom, since that is largely obscure term in modern days. And she says, my list included divine love's atmosphere, the land of kindness, the ever-expanding love revolution, the home of broken lost souls, the worldwide love web, and a few I added from other people. Abundance in a world that teaches you there is only scarcity. The realm of kindness, generosity, compassion and healing. The great compassion and God's country, which has a, na a certain Narnian ring to it, says, mm. which I love. Anyway, it really is helping transform my beliefs uh, on the value of my work. Whilst unseen and mostly unpaid, housewife slash mostly stay-at-home mum slash riding for disabled volunteer slash gardener slash general voluntary admin dog's body. He says, I can feel my life isn't really expanding God's kingdom in the old charismatic evangelical understanding. But in the sense that it's about kindness, generosity and abundance, then my heart comes alive. Anyway, thank you once again for challenging and encouraging in a humble way to enrich my own uh, faith walk, she says. Uh, finally, I need to rebuke you both. Now, this is a <laughs> oh. sad ending. Yeah, oh. yeah, I know. Okay. It's all been good up until that bit. 
for ruining my understanding of our souls, which is now going to cause me great difficulty whenever I hear it. I wish I could unhear that. It's hard enough when we hear about the big butt and the deer pants. <laughs> With much thanks for making me love Charmaine. <laughs> Oh, thank God you does love our souls, though. So yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. and that's a great thing. Um, <laughs> but that's lovely, isn't it? Now I love some of those names uh, for the kingdom, uh, particularly Divine Love's atmosphere. That's great, isn't it? It's yeah, so I th- that... it did make me think of sixties sort of prog rock albums. I could imagine the ever-expanding Love Revolution being a band. Yes, actually, and you know, yes, exactly. Maybe we should form that. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I, 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 what I think's interesting is uh, how how disruptive it is for people to to do this. So, so hmm. you'll be proud of me, Joe. In a couple of talk online talks recently, hmm. I was giving, I've I've dropped she in occasionally when talking about God. Oh, I am just, proud of you. Just, just occasionally, just sort of dropped it in. And what's really interesting is because you can see people's reaction on Zoom. Is it was one that talk I was given recently where one guy was there and I, I you know, didn't know him a bit and uh, I dropped in just the she you know yeah. something about God she she's something about you know and and I could see his face go look uh-huh. uh huh he, he looked so <laughs> misheard you could tell that he, it was quite yeah. disconcerting because he looked completely sort of he looked very worried and anxious as they'd misheard uh, and I, I just carried on but people do find it disconcerting I think don't they mm. really when, uh, you, when you do that yes if they've never done it and it, and they're new to the that part of the journey yes it is disconcerting for most of us it's just very liberating now. well it's it's quite fun now just to drop it in and see what happens <laughs> yeah. really I think that's more it's more mischievous but what what I like about this is that I think if to see for what it is you're not trying to sort of establish new doctrine in that sense you're just like you know it was said originally you're playing and and I think it allows you to reframe it I've been reading about um what's what psychotherapists call second order change do you know this so right. it's, and it's no. managed Right. So management and, you know, people who get change experts, like first order change is just incremental change. So that would be in terms of like father, just understanding more about the word father. You stay yeah. with the original term. You just understand okay. more. So so all you're doing is is the same thing, but you're getting deeper into it, kind of incremental changes or you're keeping the same process. Second order change is a change of perspective. You know, it's kind of like it completely reframes Mm. the the thing and i think this is the value of what you can play with language because it allows you quite safe second order change it allows you quite you know just to play with it you're not you're not damaging anything yeah no i like it i like it a lot and like you say i don't think it is about changing doctrine for me it's about perhaps it's prioritizing doctrine you know i think i think i said last time in soul place we're returning to the bible so we're doing this Mm. back to the bible and back to prayer thing as you know, kind of post mid faith, you know, well, how do we read the Bible? So we're going through Psalms and there's some very old core language there. You know, we we read a Psalm, Psalm 2, God's very smitey mm. in that. And oh, he does of, love a smite. Yeah, he does love a smite. And he sort of, it rings a few alarm bells. But of course, actually, now we can just value that Psalm for what it is. We've moved beyond the whole, oh, God's a smitey God and God does this and he punishes the wicked and he does all that. And he, because... We know that this we know that God is love. We know God is on our side. That's the priority. Mm. You know, that's been the reframe. 
God really does love us and God really is on our side and everything. So so what this psalm is saying is uh, that this is how people are feeling and this is how they saw things. And this is mm. how they interpreted. Mm. And actually, I've done that, too. I relate to this. You know, I want God to get angry with my enemies. I want mm. God to really smack their head. I don't want, you know, I don't want the rich to be, you know, frittering all their money going to space. I'm be giving it to saving the planet. You know, it's like, you know, so it, the psalm is actually very much about this sort of thing. With maybe not people going to space, but certainly what people do with their resources. So yeah, it's good, interesting. With um, with Jeff Bezos's space rocket, I unusually just, shaped. Space I just can't rocket. get over the shape of it. No. I, just I, know. <laughs> I mean, did no one say Jeff? It's really get a new design. Really, this is not the image what you want to be saying? portraying. What is this saying? <laughs> anyway, look, the other thing I wanted to pick up on out of this yes. uh, email was when Charmaine was talking about how it's transformed the beliefs and the value of her work. You know, yes. and and the yes. way she talks about her work wasn't that lovely. Yeah, and and again, if you sort of reframe it, because we we come from this world where there's sort of certain jobs are. Uh, the Christian jobs or yeah. the the ministry, you know, people, a lot of people never feel in ministry because they're not in the right job, yeah. you know, or, or whatever. And and I think reframing yeah. of, of all any kind is going to help you with that. You know, I think it's really important, you know, to co- looking yeah. at that, that 4,000 weeks thing, which we've yeah. talked about a lot. But, you know, cosmically speaking and time speaking, then really nothing no. very much you do is going to be that important. No. Five years yeah. of the podcast, I think it's helped some people, but you know, ultimately, it's not that important. Exactly. No, but I, it is. It is what you're given to do here and now, and that is exactly. that's why it's important. Exactly. Know, that, exactly yeah. right. And I think you know, we we both continue with it with the sense of well, we want to help people, and that's why we're we're doing it. And and mm. when it stops doing that, then we'll we'll stop it. I assume, um, unless we do genuinely run it into the ground. But no, I completely agree. I mean, you know, we've talked about this many times. The idea, if you work for Tier Fund, which is brilliant, by the way, love Tier Fund. But you know, that's that's work for the kingdom. Mm. But somehow, if you're preparing a meal and tidying up and cleaning, and you know that, well, that isn't kingdom work, and that's an awful false dualism. Yes. That I yes. think you know, the sooner we rid ourselves that there are any any kind of work that somehow isn't spiritual or isn't kingdom, you know, the better it will be for all of us. Um, you know, and, and if you're really, we've talked about this, I know, if you're a really senior person in the police force or a teacher or a nurse or something, that somehow isn't quite kingdom work. Because, no, you, you no. know, you could have been a missionary abroad teaching kids, you know. That's, yes, yes. That's far more valuable. <laughs> I just, everything's everything's important, really, but none of it is very important. Yes, that's that's the, that's a helpful paradox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, shall we move on? Yes, uh, from someone uh, called Matthew, but not called Matt, evidently. Uh, so there we go. Oh, it's Matthew, uh, not Matt again. It's Matthew, not Matt. Yes, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, he says this. Uh, he says, "Hi, Joe. I was recently listening to episode ninety-three, as I've never quite listened to the whole back catalogue of MFC, and there was a heart-rending discussion about death." Uh, softened slightly by an ending which talked of the Christian hope we have. It brought to mind something I was told years ago, that the British sign language, hope, is signed by crossing your fingers in a good luck fashion. A Christian signer told me this, and that Christians, or possibly just her, it was a long time ago, 
don't use the secular sign for hope. Instead, they sign a combination of three other signs, which roughly translate as, in the future, I have something I can hold on to, which will come to me. And it says, this has stuck with me. Uh, and the physical gesture, uh, which is pointing a hand in front of you, grasping something in your fist and bringing it back to your body, has been a poignant reminder of the tangible sense of it, rather than just a, a crossed pair of fingers. Mm. Uh, I really like that, actually. Yeah. It says, uh, keep up the good work. Matthew, not Matt. Yes, you called me Matt when I wrote in the first time. I'm not bitter, but it feels like it'll now be my moniker, so I'll roll with it. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. Uh, I apologise. I do shorten everyone's name. You know, the, the four Gospels are kind of Matt, Mark, Luke and Jay, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jay. Jay dog. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I I really like this. I think it's a lovely ending uh, sort of email. It kind of reframing as we were just talking about how we yeah. how we speak about hope. Um, mm. You know, in the future, I have something I can hold on to, which will come to me. I I just I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is really beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, and actually, the physical thing. You know, I was doing the sign, but sort of saw the email i was doing the sign yeah i was doing the sign as i was reading it (laughs) pointing hand in front of you grasping something in your fist and bringing it back to your body what a lovely thing to pray with yeah you know um i do think physicality for me has become more important signing the cross has become more important in 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 my life we we get rid of it because we think oh you know it's superstitional blah 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 yeah exactly and it could and it can be anything can anything can go wrong but it I think it's a way of reframing. It's a way of using our body to see something um, and to express something differently. Um, my wife, her, uh, Claire, she often, when she leads the Lord's Prayer, she often does it in sign language, which, we, which she was learning a few years mm. back. So she helps people to actually sign it as they, as they, as they yeah. say it. And it just is a wonderful way of... Yeah. Again, reframing the thing, looking at it a different way. Um, it's, yeah, I agree. It's really interesting having this conversation the other side of, you know, the angst of a mid-faith crisis. Because right. we, were, we were having this conversation about grace um, last night at Soul Place. Because, you know, I famously don't say grace. Um, right. Which, you know, is always a concern for people who measure someone's spirituality in those well, ways. And, we do. And, and, and I, I rebuke you. And I think it's because I was so scarred by Christians who like it did become this measure of a, a kind of ought thing. I never really wanted to say it. I found it sort of cringy or embarrassing mm. or like you know you're the minister you better do it and you know yeah, especially yeah, people yeah. who insist on doing it in public i just thought that was the absolute pits but what i found is i find myself more and more grateful not just for food but the the act of a meal with people i mean i genuinely this is not false i genuinely feel so grateful in my heart uh to the divine mm. that here we are together there's food on the table. Don't want to take that for granted in any way. And we get the shared experience of eating. That is just so wonderful. So I want to say grace. And yet, strangely enough, I still don't. Because I know that for some people, it will it, it will ring yeah. all those bells again. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. kind of want I'd do it with you. No problem. But, you well, know. I think it's, it's what's bringing out. At that point about it's 
you know, when you're with a lot of people or, you know, Christian organization, yeah. it's always certain people get asked to say grace. You know, the guest speaker oh, exactly. or something. Oh, exactly. You know, man, and it yeah. becomes this other way of of turning what should be a natural expression of thankfulness into a kind of state status sort of, of show who's important. I, yeah, you know? I know. It's horrible. It's horrible. So, but, yeah, I don't know how I've we're always... going to deal with this on the weekend, by the way. But Oh, I, I, I've always loved it as something because I'm truly thankful at that moment. Yeah, no, I am. I get it. So, you know, I often in restaurants, I will do it in restaurants. I won't do it at a big display. People often do it in restaurants as kind of like, Let's show the staff that we're Christians. Let's hope yeah, the wait- exactly. That's such a wrong reason to do Let's it. Let's hope the waitress it. comes along while we're playing. Yes, and they then, may, be, and then they we may can give their lives her. to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while she brings back the ketchup, she gets- <laughs> she'll be saved. She'll, she'll we be can share our testimony when we pay the bill. <laughs> so I never do that, but I often just say, thank you, Lord, for the invention of chips. You know, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Lord, for the what Belgians, because I think they invented them. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's um, great. <laughs> so I, I love it because I think for me it feels it feels natural. And I no, think it's exactly. one of those and points. They, and when you do it, because I've been in your presence, it does feel natural. Thing, whereas I still yes. have this kind of... I still have this fear that there's an expectation and, and it's a kind of right. uh, show off. It's weird. It's a weird hangover from the mid, mid-faith yeah. crisis that I'm sorting out, I think. I think yeah. I shall sort it out. And I'm sure I'll come back to it just like embodied prayer, just just yes. like, you know, sometimes praying on my knees and just like sitting in a church quietly and pray. But, you know, all those things would have been, you know, vile for me at one point, <laughs> even made me angry. You know? But that's the journey. Because that's, that's the what, journey. Exactly. That's what the podcast is always about. Right back to yeah. episode one and what you were saying yeah. there about the, the yeah. second naivety about coming back. Yes, exactly right. Things that we've rejected with a t- with a new perspective on them, you know, a new understanding, yeah. and not really worrying about. Yes, that. and like coming back to reading the Psalms again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With right. Smighty God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, that's it. We're we're five years old, and uh, mm. we've done that podcast. So, so we want. I want to say thank you again to everyone. I want to encourage you. Um, to uh, to keep going on the journey, mm. not necessarily listen to the podcast, obviously, but to keep going on the journey, to keep pondering how you can use your power for good and to be kind to yourself and to others, because I think a lot of the gospel is possibly summed up in mm. in those words. And uh, reframing the gospel in new language can sometimes be helpful. So use your power for good and be kind to yourself and others. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to contact the podcast, you email. Yes, you do. Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Using the email machine of your choice. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Um, we don't have much of a show when we don't. So that's quite good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be back. Actually, we're, we're back on normal now, are we? We we're are. Back next no, week. I'm here for the winter now. That's it. Yeah. You haven't got any more holidays booked? No. No, just a weekend booked. The end of October. Do you want to come? Uh, I might do. <laughs> uh, as long as you don't say grace. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll be back in a week's time. Then. Thank you very much for listening and see you soon. Fabulous. <laughs>